Welcome to the podcast Rise and Play. I am Sophie Vaux, your podcast host. I bring together leaders, entrepreneurs, fund makers, investors, and educators who are here to make a change in the industry. For a brighter and healthier future of the games we will make, and how we will make them. We're here to start a conversation because listening and asking the hard questions is sometimes enough to inspire change in us, to take the leap to. Let's begin. Today is a special episode as I decided to self-record a reflective episode about my calling, my why, behind Rise and Play. I wanted to mark the turn of my 36-year-old to open another year of connection with like-minded people and optimistic thinking. When I started Rise and Play, many people asked me, how do you find the time for this? Or what made you start this? I wanted to share the answer to this question with you, as it is very relevant to the topics I advocated for at Rise and Play, such as self-awareness, resilience, and integrity. To me, understanding why I do things is a whole process of self-reflection and introspection. I could say on the surface that I did rise and play to help the industry, but why? Why indeed do I choose to spend my time creating content on evenings or sometimes on the weekend, instead of just relaxing on the couch and watch Netflix? As I've been going through this process of journaling and self-offering, I wanted to share this whole process with you. I hope it will inspire you to take steps further to connect and understand your deeper self, to find meaning in what you're doing, and who knows, get new realization about your calling. So, tracking back to my why, we actually need to go back to my childhood, and as far as I can remember, because the answers is there. Part 1 from the sense of exclusion to the sense of awesome uniqueness. I was born in France in 1985. My parents are Vietnamese and were refugees from the Vietnam War in the 70s. My mom was part of the boat people. Although they rarely talked about it, as it was a pretty traumatic event, there are enough historical materials out there which gave me a good sense of what my parents had to go through to just make it in France. My parents built their success from nothing. They had just one drive when they come to Brittany in France, to survive and succeed building a new family. We are a family of three kids, one brother and one sister. I am the eldest. When we were kids, my parents opened a Vietnamese restaurant to make a living quickly by raising us at the same time. The restaurant was my home place, my playground. I can definitely say that I didn't have a conventional childhood. I stood out in all possible ways. I was, for example, the only Vietnamese or Asian girl at school. Or as the eldest, I was the one who had to set example for the siblings, act as a role model. Or as a family, we were the only Vietnamese restaurant in a small town, in a countryside. It would have been fine if there had been tolerance of where I come from, from my race, when I grew up, but that wasn't the case. I suffered racism at school pretty early and young, and there were really mean jokes like, I don't know, ching chong or you eat rice, all the things that you can tell a kid that looks different 
and is Asian. And at school, I wasn't the model of beauty, like blonde girls with blue eyes either. So most of the time, I was also left out by boys and cool group. It was pretty tough as a childhood because that sense of exclusion started there when I was probably five, six years old when I could remember. So here is my first life challenge. It was the sense of exclusion and not feeling I belong. And of course, this feeling went on in my life as an adult, as the only woman in the room or the only woman leading in the group or recently the only single at a family reunion because I made different choices of life or the only one with a dissident opinion in the group and I know how much it caused problems in places where different opinion or perspective was not welcome. So as a result, I was always seen in places that appreciated more the norming as the rebel or dissident. And I have searched for a long time where I could belong. Was it in France? In Vietnam? In Berlin? In Helsinki? Until I found that my home is first with myself. Understanding, empathizing with myself, accepting my shadow parts, and above all, accepting all the parts and loving myself. And I found home also with others, with a strong community of people I can relate to and where I can be myself with. And I feel grateful for the love of family, close friends, my team and sisterhood I have found in places like Berlin and Helsinki. It's only once I build this inner security that I stop being ashamed or guilty of being different but rather be proud and celebrate my difference, and things started to change. I turned out one of my biggest challenges into my biggest opportunity. Make my difference an asset and not a burden. I know very well how it feels to feel different, to be unaccepted for who you are. But being on the side of the outsider, I see and recognize the beauty in differences and uniqueness. I can empathize and understand others really well, especially when they don't fit in the box. Most of my friends are international in the end, or unconventional. And that's what I love about them. And that's what led me to build a diverse creative team, because I know deeply the virtues of it. Not only professionally, but also on a human and social level. It just makes us richer to learn and grow from people who are different from us. And this formed later one of my core team value, which is intellectual humility. Basically, I decided to embrace my difference and do something good with it. And by building a unique studio with a unique mix of people, we managed to also release a pretty unique product on the market called Plantopia. You can check it out. So in the end, what was looking maybe as a burden turned out as a strength that I'm very proud of, and I couldn't achieve that without this. And later on, it led also to Rise and Play as a platform to give voice to also diverse talents who are doing amazing things to elevate a community of underrepresented voices. So here's again, I use my sense of uniqueness to create something different in the space with Rise and Play. And the same uniqueness is what I bring today with this special format episode that I self-record. And part two 
from a solo fighter mindset to an interdependent mindset. Coming back to my childhood, there was another element that shaped me the way I am and my drive for achievements, getting things done, and one of my core values, which is growth mindset. To not dwell on the past, to not stay helpless and always go forward, accept the pain and act or fix it. Some people praise me for my strong resilience to pain and uncertainty. I didn't choose to be this way, but I am grateful for the gift I inherited from my parents and the hard life they had. As mentioned, my parents came with nothing to France. They worked really hard at the restaurant to give us the best education and life possible. Every day, they were working with very little vacation. I can say that I didn't grow up in a classic way when comparing with my classmates in high school. While my friends were living a carefree life as they should, I was helping my parents at the restaurant when I was 14. I was also watching my brother and sister as my parents were working in the evenings. I wanted really to help and relieve my parents from the stress of work. I didn't know as a teenager what it was to be worryless because I was always worried for my parents or my sibling that first they should be happy before I could take care of myself. It's only later in life and after several rounds of therapy that I understood this sense of obligations and duty I had early in life and how it shaped me. And I have to say, it has a great part, as it definitely drew me to a career path as a leader to take charge and responsibility, to care for others, to protect people and grow them. But it is also a path that felt quite lonely, this pressure to perform and where I can only rely on myself, not be able to depend on others, what I call interdependence. It definitely limited me also in my leadership aura and personal relationships. It's thanks to therapy and coaching over the past years, among the few benefits of working in isolation that revealed these blind spots I had all these years, that now I am more conscious about it. And I try to move away from what it feels like a sense of obligation to a sense of autonomy. Am I doing this because I want to or because I have to? And this second part is what led me to start Rise and Play with the awakening as a conscious leader to go back to the why we do things. A lot of the behavior is the product of our years of culture, education and obligations. We tend to self-identify because we like the image it gives or it gives a sense of security, or we are just in autopilot. But truly, are we authentic to ourselves when not examining what's beneath? As I said, it's when I started therapy a year ago that I understood how much of these patterns were keeping me prisoners of my own actions, and only when I started to recognize them that I started to feel free and myself. And for a long time, I believed as a lead that my role was to help others find solutions, fix things, be them for them. Otherwise, they couldn't do it. And to be honest, that's called codependence. And as a leader, it makes me look good. But it doesn't help others grow autonomously. Besides, and I wrote a whole piece about it, you think you can take care of others and later of yourself. But the truth is, your best asset as a leader is your mind clarity and energy. You cannot fulfill your role if you don't focus on yourself first, so you can make space for others. And it's only later that I understood that the best gift 
you can give to another when growing people is to let them grow. Give space. Listen. Mirror back the problem to them. Let them find their solutions. This is what it is to be truly selfless as a leader. Your value is no longer defined by the solution you bring to the group, but by how much you enable this group to become autonomous and find the best solutions. And the same thinking led me to create Rise and Play, to share the tools for others to be an enabler rather than a fixer. This work gave me truly meaning and fulfillment. I wasn't doing things from a place of duty or obligation this time, but from a place of consciousness and love. That's the whole difference when you want to create meaning in what you're doing. Part 3. Life is a playground. Live today fully because tomorrow may not exist. What developed my resilience in life? One of my third and last drivers and probably the one that reflects the most in both my personal and professional life is my playfulness about life. Life to me is like a playground to experiment and try things, and nothing, except maybe disease, death, and seriously hurting others, is really serious with irreversible consequences. I praise myself for having always approached life in a light way, killing a game, starting over, Funding and closing a startup, moving countries three times, separating from serious relationships several times as well, maybe shutting down the studio. I always bounce back and will always bounce back. I trust the process of life that I will land again on my feet no matter what. I was wondering how could I be so distant to some of these somewhat serious events. The thing is, Things that don't hurt me or kill me make me move forward. And I was trying to look inward what kind of event happens so that I approach life this way. And I have to go back to my parents again, but this time not my childhood, but the story of my parents, as were refugees. My mother survived by boat to flee Vietnam in the late 70s. Historical records mention that 15% among the boat people died in the sea. And when my mother left, she left behind a whole family in Vietnam as she was among the few who made it. And my dad came when he was 24 years old with his whole family. And he already graduated from a business school in Vietnam where he had some dreams, aspirations to have a good situation, had a successful career. But all these dreams of a life were shattered when they all had to escape the country and start a new life in France. So, of course, there was a lot of guilt, regret and fear when they came to France to rebuild a new life for my parents. They sacrificed their dreams and aspiration to give us, as children, the chance to live our own dreams. They put aside their needs and wants, and that's how I evolved in life, thinking I should also live a life of duty and social obligations. But the best gift I could do for them was to live fully my life to not replicate a life of sacrifice. And this is something I recently understood, connecting all the dots. That's only recently that they gave me the details of how they arrived to France, that I made the whole connection of why I lived the first part of my life fulfilling my daughter obligations, study, 
stable life, ensuring the legacy of a family, and why later I switched the mindset to be grateful, to be alive, and enjoy every little happy moment each day. Basically, making the most of the life and living dreams. And today I appreciate very little moments every day, like a good cup of coffee, or the sun on my face, or watering my plants, a laugh with my team and friends, or a sweet message from a friend. Because I know from my parents, from their story, how life can just go away like this, and it is not to be taken for granted. And a year with pandemic unfortunately reminded us of a fragile permanence of life. So when I find myself low energy, a bit in sorrow, maybe whining about my life, we all have these days. I remember how lucky I am to still breathe, be in good health. I can walk, I can talk, I can see. And what I would like to achieve in this world if everything had to stop tomorrow. My biggest fear is to live a life with regrets. So I decided consciously each day to do the things I want to do. But I feel that I could have future feelings of regret. And as few anecdotes, I left very stable and predictable life when I was 27. Living in Paris, a very stable relationship, and the plan was all mapped out for probably marriage, buying a house, you know, all the things that you do when you follow the stream of life. But I decided differently. I left friends. I left outlook for promotion in the company I was. I left a whole life and roots in France to live the experience of working abroad. I felt the urge to follow my passion and curiosity to see how I would behave in a culture abroad and working in an international context. It was a part of my dream and I lived it. And later on, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I built a startup as well in Berlin, a fashion startup. And after a year and a half, I closed it. So I went through it. I learned it the hard way and I found out as well what I liked about like doing a startup, opening a company, or what I wasn't ready for. And I wasn't ready to take responsibility for another company. That was very clear. And later on as well, I decided to move to Finland and discover the Nordic life. What's behind an Angry Birds company? Then moving back to Berlin to open a new studio from scratch, fulfilling one of my other dreams that I had 10 years ago. And in the end, I make choices that allow me to work with love and integrity today. Because life is too short to be just about business for me. And it's important for me that I can work with a smile or love. Do things that matter for me. Make something useful for this world. Elevate an industry, support others to grow, inspire others to take the leap too. That's what led to Rise and Play. So to this day, I don't regret any of my choices or moves. I, of course, did many mistakes, but I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And each mistake was a step forward to make a better decision in life. I wouldn't change anything because all these little steps led me to where I am today. And I am very happy of the outcome of my life so far. As for the podcast I started, which was also another initiative that I just felt like I wanted to start to explore, because why not? Because I know that it will open new doors for me, things that I would discover. 
And my motivation to start the podcast was I was really curious to see what it takes to produce a podcast. I was thrilled by the challenge. I also felt it was the best platform for me for self-expression and connecting with others rather than writing a book, for example. But I was also afraid to do it and asking myself questions like, is it interesting? Will it be too much work? Am I even good to do this? There was a lot of fear and doubts around it. But I have a personal motto and one is about fears. If I am afraid to do it, then I should just do it because I will grow from this and learn something new, which is the opposite of paralysis analysis. I don't have this personal challenge. So I just did it, started early June, and I found myself enjoying a lot the process of doing it, independently of the result. Like, for example, aiming for a number of downloads and followers. Of course, I catch myself checking it and wondering if it's big enough, but then I remind myself why I did it in the first place. First, motivation, and the most important one, because it's just fun and I enjoy doing it, because the content also is relevant for an audience, whether big or small. And I think the other part I discovered is that I really enjoy is because I connect with awesome people and that's what's meaningful for me. So to the question as well of the podcast of Rise and Play, I asked myself, do I want to treat it as a business or as a hobby? And it's a very different approach. And I think as long as I don't approach it as a business where I have to perform, I am having fun doing the podcast and episode like this one. All these examples and anecdotes I shared is what led me to approach life in the end as a game. What can I learn or experiment from this to get more light on my next steps or the next things that excite me? And I hope this part will inspire you to observe life a bit like a playground and experiment. And for the closing part to why I started Rise and Play or do what I do today. It's a complex question and I don't need to fully understand why it is the way it is. But having more awareness gave me more agency to pursue the direction that are the most meaningful for me. And that's also what it is to be a conscious and authentic leader. Know yourself to be in a place where you can elevate even more others. What I share today with you is something I haven't shared anywhere in any place publicly, not even to some of my friends. I was ashamed for a long time of my background story and wanted to keep this image of I got it all together. I know what I am doing and I am in control of the results that happened to me so far. To fit in some way in the an authentic success story of many public leaders. The truth is, there is a lot I don't control or understand. A big part of why I do what I do is still unconscious or not something I even chose, as I explain. But with awareness, I can control more my perception about the events or about myself and what do I decide to do with what is already there. I can also incorporate a bit better the shadow parts of myself and my own story that I have been hiding for so long to finally honor them as they are, to be more whole. And being yourself is in the end accepting your past and present. Embracing who you are, share it with the world, is the best gift you can give to the world. Putting yourself out there. I encourage leaders to take a similar path and take down the mask of strength, showing strength only, 
with emotionless culture of leaders not caring for others or yourself. We hear more and more behind the curtains that tough leaders are also not so happy. They have burnout and so are your teams and people around you. You don't have to be this person and there's a path to be this authentic self and leader. It is work for sure, but it is the most meaningful work one can do in a lifetime. Do you want to stay in the passenger seat or be in the driver's seat of your life? I hope you enjoyed this special episode of Rise and Play. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Rise and Play podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast, spread the word about it. If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io, including my free masterclass on conscious leadership. Until the next time, 